from creepy hotels where the guest never left to forgotten asylums with broken pasts. Come join us as we explore some of the darker stories surrounding the United States. Put on your nightlight because we are about to dive into the creepy side of America. Welcome to the Creepy Side of America. I am Dan Kozlowski. Joining us once again as co-host, Emily Gertzman. Emily, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Happy to be back once more. <laughs> of course. And Emily, what do we have tonight? We have a very interesting story tonight, don't we? Yeah. So when you go on Google and you kind of look up the creepiest locations in America, this as one... As we did a few up, times now. We did. And this one came up a lot. So tonight we're going to talk about a place that's called the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. It's in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. It's a an old hospital that was made to accommodate tuberculosis patients, and it has a lot of creepy stories to go along with it, we learned. And joining us to talk about Waverly Hills is Ken Daniels, their media director and vice president of the Waverly Hills Historical Society. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. So, Ken, a... just for our listeners who may not know anything mm -hmm. about Waverly Hills, give us a little bit of a cliff notes. For anyone who hasn't heard of Waverly Hills. Um, Waverly Hills is considered to be one of the most haunted facilities of its type in America. It originally was built actually several times. It started, it first opened in 1910 for uh, its use as a TB clinic, TB hospital, and then expanded because we're, uh, we're in the, what we call the uh, Ohio Valley where allergies and you know breathing issues become a problem because it's in the valley so you know the air quality is different here versus let's say where you're at in, in maine or out in colorado or places like that so we were hard hit and the hospital became one of the biggest hospitals in the country and then of course when the advent of you know penicillin and antibiotics and all the medicine that came in, uh, there was less of a need for it. It closed down and then eventually became a, a, a geriatric facility. And then it closed down as well in the 80s and it sat dormant for a number of years until the owners, the current owner, bought it and he and his team had been working on it for about 22 years, uh, trying to get it, you know, preserved best they, as best they could. Right, because it is a piece of history for the Louisville area, so... It, it is a piece of history. Actually, the funny thing is I grew up in that end of town and back in the 80s when I was in high school. It was a rite of passage where we would ride our bikes and we would go there and we would get chased off of there by a security guard and a dog, generally a German Shepherd or a Doberman Pinscher. And there was the infamous death tunnel. And we would, you know, peer at the end of the death tunnel, looking up, trying to see if we could get in. You know, we were, you know, 13 years old. Sure. Didn't know any better. And then... As time went on, you know, I ended up like others, you end up growing up and, you you know, it, it was kind of in a disarray. Another gentleman bought it at some point in the 90s. His name is Mr. Albert Heskey, and he wanted to turn it into a religious location because what people tend to forget who come to Waverly and not all of them, of course, a lot of them know the history. But there was an emphasis on what we call natural healing. Uh, or what I like to call natural hygiene that started years ago where, you know, you would have proper sunlight, you would have healthy whole, whole food, 
and you know you would let nature take its course and and how it was built it's built up on a hill so the idea was to in the, in the way the open windows are they wanted to get as much wind in because they they believed fresh air vitamin, you know vitamin d you know they did a lot of heliotherapy back in those days so they had a lot of the like there's a big craze now for red light therapy i actually even have, i have a red light therapy in my office where i'm at now and that's what they utilize there were people who came from all over and then there were many many individuals from children to adults to uh even you know even the elderly that came in to get treated and quite a few people were treated and and they they left but there were those who either genetically speaking it's like any disease and they were unfortunate and they did not make it and then after the closing of of the location it turned into a geriatric facility you know, it didn't necessarily have the greatest rep at the very end. It was open as a geriatric facility for quite a number of years, um, 15, 15 years, roughly plus, um, give or take a little bit. But um, and it served its, its time and it, and it, it stood up on this hill and it, it's a beautiful, beautiful, monstrous looking. And I don't mean that negative monstrous. It's just it's 181,000 feet. Yeah. And all the amazing pictures and the most famous pictures where you see it as you're coming up the hill, you know, from the from the road, it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful building. And then back in the early part of the 2000s, the Louisville Ghost Hunting uh, group called the Louisville Ghost Hunters, which was led by its founder, uh, Keith Age, had been invited up there and they just began to investigate and things started to happen. They noticed activity and then the owners you know at the time were looking at it as a way to 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 help rehabilitate the building because it's you know it needs rehabilitation it's a massive undertaking um and they did a they did what they could you know at the time and and, and they they turned it to a very successful touring facility so they used the fact that the paranormal. paranormal activity was there kind of to their advantage in a way yes. to kind of yes. help bring yes. the building back absolutely and, and, and it was one of those things that just happened you know it was kind of like wow you know this kind of happened and they wanted the public because people were asking questions constantly and they wanted to give them something to be able to do and they did and they turned it into what it is you know or what happened was at the time they they formed a society it was a not-for-profit at some point the not-for-profit took it over as the organization that has a, a long-term lease on it to run it and take care of the activities. And the board, which I'm a part of, every so often they the board changes up. You know, you're, you're only you're only on there for you know up to up to ten years. It may be a year, it may be two years or less. It just depends upon what you choose to serve. And we serve for for free. It's a non-paid position to kind of guide it, to guide it to you know the master, you know master possibilities of it which is you know here are what we look at as long-term plans rehabilitate it fix the roof fix the grounds fix the windows fix the electrical you know one day maybe maybe it won't be me or, or our group but somebody else fixes the elevators you know it's a massive undertaking because historically they want to do it correctly sure so now we give tours, overnight tours, where the spooky can happen or tours that happen for like four hours where you have a paranormal tour, a two-hour tour, or an overnight six-hour tour or a historical tour during the day. And that's where all the 
if you look online, you will see lots of people have attended that have that have different experiences. Some of them experience things that are unexplainable or YouTubers come in and, you know, like BuzzFeed came in. And we, we I think we got like 18 million views off that for BuzzFeed, which is huge. And then we have other YouTubers coming in this year and they, they, they've been coming for a few years and, you know, nine million views, six million views. So it's people are interested. People love the paranormal and we just happen to be blessed to have a facility that happens to be in my backyard, literally in the, the in the area of town that I grew up in that happens to be internationally worldwide famous. So is that what you guys are planning right now to sort of just rehab the building and make it into like a museum or an attraction for paranormal seekers? It, it's not, no, we want to bring her back to the glory o- over time. You know, there have been different thoughts about what you could do with it. And, 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 and there are a lot of good ideas. It's just very expensive. Oh, you know, yeah. a hotel, sure. Especially something more. that size. Yes. And you know, some people want to build a hotel, but that would take $200 million roughly for 181,000 square feet because not only do you have to follow what the current laws are for the fire marshal building all the different code restrictions and everything that are in place now yep it totally has changed so not only if you're trying to do it historically accurate you have to find those people and they charge a lot more for that kind of work because it's not building a modern building that you, know, you need to make it appropriate to the old time period that it was correct. original to right? yeah that's what we, and that's the attempt that that's the attempt with the board at this point you know we're looking at like we want to put on, in a museum in there an actual museum right where they can come in and see videos see old videos uh see old pictures historical documents we we have pieces from the past plates and cups and people's books and you know, right. there's there's and just this year, about four, three, four weeks ago, there was a brand new book. It's a very small book. Uh, and when, I don't mean that negative. It's, it's a good book. It's just it doesn't encompass everything. It's a very good primer. And it was in the doctor. Her name is Lynn Post. She did a great job of really working hard at getting the historical part of it. There's nothing mentioned in there necessarily about paranormal, but just purely historical with beautiful pictures. But we, you know, the interest for people to come has been so great into the paranormal that we're booked up. You know, we're generally booked up six months in advance. And it's we're trying to work on ways to satisfy more of our our customers or future customers or people who've never been here who don't understand that, you know, the people who've been here year in and year out, they know when to, like, get ready for when the tickets go on sale. It's like a rock concert. And they just... <laughs> They're just ready and, and going for it. And, you know, people people ask if I've had experiences or if we've had experiences. You know, and, and I'll tell you, I've had experiences and I'll preface with preface with this. It was probably all in my head, but I can tell you what happened. And, you know, I could have been hallucinating. I don't know, but I've had experiences that I can't explain. And I had been interested in the paranormal since I was a young man, uh, you know, UFOs and you know, cryptozoology and things like this, because, you know, I've always thought that there were other things out there. And uh, I've had unique experiences there. The funny thing about paranormal and UFOs, a lot of people now are talking about, you know, how the government's releasing these things. And I'm looking at things going, yeah, yeah, that doesn't look like anything that we have techno- technology to be able to do today. So what are they really saying? You know, that a lot of people already know that we're probably not alone. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. You know, on all levels, whether it be 
ghosts or paranormal of that level or or you know multiverses or whatever i don't know however there are lots of scientists qualified qualified people with physics quantum physics who talk about things way more intelligently than i ever could that here are here are the possibilities you know here's what's what's possible out in the world i don't have the qualifications to say hey you don't. Uh, we did have something interesting last year that I wish we could have worked out. Some NASA folks wanted to come in and do some testing with this event they were having. And I wish we could have accommodated it, but it just, we were, we were booked. Right, so, this didn't work out for you. Yeah, that would have been great because that would have been, I would have absolutely loved that from the scientific perspective of can we analyze it? Can we measure it? Can we do this? Because, you know, there's an old saying and it comes from a form of physics out there um, that, you know, energy never dies. It only changes form. You know, if, if the same water that's been here, let's say when it rains and it's still here in the atmosphere, in the environment, it just gets redistributed, whether it's, whether it's right. in an iceberg form or whether it's in cloud formation or whether it's in lakes or the ocean or whatever. It's interesting. It's it makes sense here. though. Yeah. yeah you know, so, Basically, if energy never dies, it changes form, then... What happens when if, you or I yeah. die, you know? We, we would change well, form in some way in that respect. Right. What would the it's next form be is the question. Yeah. Though. Yeah. And it's funny you say that. I just I was talking to a near-death author today, and, and a, a, he has a doctorate, and he's a researcher. And I was interested in near-death because I had something happen to me when I was a child, and I... I say that I use this term loosely. I quote died, but I, I floated. I saw this kind of stuff. You know, I saw this light, etc. But I was nine years old. You know, it was a massive seizure. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, I, I have no qualifications to say this is what specifically it was. It was just something that I can tell you. I remember floating. I remember seeing the doctor's you know, shoes they were wearing. I can tell you all of this. But I wasn't able to control my body. And when I came back, I felt differently. Yeah, just a feeling and a memory. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no no proof or or anything. So, you know, today, you know, our philosophy at the society is, is this. When people come to Waverly and they experience something, there may be some things we know that it's probably not, but we never give them the information that it could be this unless they ask us. And 99.9% of the time, as we explain to them, your experience is unique. You could be seeing something for the first time. We have no idea. Sure. And we're not here to judge you that it's, it is what it is or it's not. We don't, you know, don't know. However, we've had skeptics come up and we've had some unique things happen. And it's, it's pretty, it's that 1% that you're there for, you know what I mean? You're there because you may be able to explain 99%, but it's that 1% that you just don't know. I totally agree. It's that 1% that keeps you guessing and keeps you wondering what, what could be possibly next. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. What are some of the hot spots at Waverly Hills? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Any specific areas where things are kind of, you know, prone to happen or people are prone to have experiences. Obviously you mentioned that the, the big during its, I guess you could call it its prime of Waverly right. Hills. It served as a hospital for patients with tuberculosis, which is at, kind at of any, where it, all the haunting and the lore comes from, yeah. it seems. At any given time, it could be any floor. Uh, we have an area near the morgue. We have the morgue itself. 
we have the fourth floor. And how many floors people, is the building? Just curious. Uh, five floors. Five, five floors. floors? Okay. You know, the roof at one time was used. Um, they had children up there. They had, they, had, they had swing sets, literally. They had old, old time swings, you know, the metal swings. Mm-hmm. They would take the kids up, and that's how they got their sunshine. And that was a way for, for them to get out. And, you know, it's like any other rehabilitative facility. You're there to try to make your clients and, and patients comfortable. And a lot of that happened at Waverly. You know, the idea was to try to make them comfortable. That's kind of interesting to think of a place having swing sets and things yeah, that you roof. would, yeah, things that you would think of as so happy. And then obviously, again, you know, a quick Google search, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you guys come up when you search haunted places in America, you know, almost instantly. So it's just kind of to think about the the scary kind of mm-hmm. lure that the place holds. And then it's like, oh, there's swing sets. And, you know, right. like you said, though, try to make patients comfortable. I actually have photographs of a young child who had a lot of people signed her book and they signed a lot of things. And, 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 and it was, it was always positive generally that I could see, you know, there was, it was neat. This was probably back in the 1950s. I think it was probably the fifties. It's just, it's a, it's a facility that, you know, we've had people say, Oh, you know, I don't, they don't, they don't feel anything malevolent. Some people feel different things and I'm, I can't, I can't tell them, you know, that, you know, if this happened, this, cause we don't, we don't know a lot. Right. You guys right. can only sort of speak from a historical standpoint of things that you guys mm-hmm. sort of have, you know, written record of things that may have happened or well, things to that I'll regard too. Or stories you heard before. Sure. I'll give you one example that I'm not quite sure where it came from, but we've heard numbers of 60,000 people dying batted around and, None of us believe that's accurate because Louisville has death records and it shows how many people died each year. Mm-hmm. And for Waverly to be responsible for 60,000 people, even during their long history, would require a lot of, you know, a lot of people to come from Waverly and be named, you know, death. You know, th- there were people who died. You know, there were a lot of people who died, but not that many. So in that respect, there are some things that people create. And we don't know where they come from, but we can't, you know, we, you can't stop. It's like any other idea. I mean, it just, it flows and, you know. Oh, and especially with the to... internet now too, you know, one thing comes oh, yeah. up like yep. that Once and it sounds, ones... it makes it, you don't want to say it makes it sound more juicy, like, oh, 60,000 people right. died in this hospital and it's haunted, but, you know, versus saying, oh, maybe like a hundred people died, you know. And all it takes is that one person to say it and everyone else starts sure. sharing it and oh, spreading the word. Jump on the bandwagon, yeah. yeah. And you guys are right. And it's funny. You just said like a hundred people. It, you know, for a location to have activity, it would only takes one person to have passed away and, and hang out. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. sure. Yep. It, it's not like you need 20,000. I mean, if you've got 6,000 people that died and, you know, we roughly look at it somewhere about, you know, in that 5,000 range or four, we're not sure it could be six, mm-hmm. but somewhere in that, that range. If, if 4,000 people died from there, that's a lot of people that could be hanging out. Sure. Yeah, in that one concentrated place. Again, exactly. just in, in what form did they take? Yeah. <laughs> right. What form did they take? But there's lots of hot spots. There's, a, there's what's called the death tunnel. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that earlier. That kind of sparked my interest when you mentioned the death tunnel. Yeah, I well, think I was reading about it, and it's is it, correct me if I'm wrong, is that basically when people would die, they, there was sort of a, a chute, if I remember reading about correctly, that they, they would put the bodies through the chute. Is that where the death tunnel comes in there? Well... Let me give a little bit more information about that. 
Um, original, the death tunnel originally was never a death tunnel. It was just a tunnel from Dixie Highway, where off of Pearly Road, which Dixie Highway is considered is, is a is a major area in that south end of of Louisville, Kentucky, that goes from downtown Louisville all the way out to Fort Knox. Okay, it goes past Fort Knox. Technically, Dixie Highway goes all the way down to Florida. So, for the purpose of it being up on a hill, they wanted to be able to transport stuff up because there was a train down there. So the train would drop off supplies as well. From what we understand, there's a lot of, you know, earlier and you know when it was built that way. Well, most of that tunnel was really used for supplies. However, there were some people transported through the tunnel. And the interesting part about that is, is the way the morgue is built. The morgue has an elevator that goes down to the bottom floor where they would take the bodies out. And the reason why they did that is that uh, there's a lot of belief on this is everything was supposed to be happy. You didn't want people on the second floor to see people die because they knew. And, and, and these people were pretty, pretty good about I call it holistic medicine that they, they view the it's the mind, body, spirit aspect. Right. If people were depressed and saw people that they knew just die visually see them taking them out of the building you know you get that hopeless kind of factor about it yeah it's not not help the situation at all no it's it's like you said too just making everybody comfortable was kind of the the Uh the idea of it and obviously having people see dead bodies that's not something that's going to bring anybody comfort so there had to be a way to sort of conceal it if they could that makes sense that you go down to that bottom floor and there's two steps up to get out to this near this door, near this glass door now, that would take you to the left to the death tunnel. And the owner did a really cool thing. I actually love what he did. He built a tunnel and attaching it to the building that was not originally there, like an, an extra tunnel. So you could get to it, to the death tunnel directly from the building. You can still get to it from the outside. He put another door in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's how people would be taken out. Just to have because- another access point. Yeah, and the, and the point of that access point before was, again, directly from the morgue, they passed away. It would generally be, it would generally be an ambulance that they would take them out in. But if you, just, if you didn't want to do that, because whatever time it was or however they did it, you, would, you could take them down the death tunnel as a possibility. So the tunnel is about 700 feet down. It is a very creepy tunnel. It you know gives you the willies. People sense things, and there are lots of there are lots of people that have had had experiences in there. And I can't validate a single one of them, but I believe that I believe there's a lot of activity there. But you can never predict when it happens. You could go a week and not nothing happens, and then all of a sudden you've got two weeks of activity, and everybody sees it or feels it or experiences it. And so, can you kind of specify what you mean when you say activity? People capture things on video. People capture images, apparitions. People sense things. People get touched from, you know, some, they hear something. They see shadow people. Sure. Things like that. Now, do you think the death tunnel is one of the more popular hotspots in your building? Well, room 502 on the top floor is a room that there are legends, as I want to say, that a nurse took her own life. They, they think, but, you know, again, not sure of, you know, certain things there, you know, it's not, it, it, you know, the accuracy is something happened and that's what some people have, 
have. That's the story uh, that's gathered. come up. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how that's, that's been gathered for, for a long, long time. And then there is the, there is the morgue. There is the fourth floor. There is the atrium uh, on the second floor that people sense things, but it's, it's, you know, I've had people come back who work there that said they had the creeps or they, you know, something, you know, something felt like it was there. It was, it was on the very bottom floor. You know, I've felt things, but you know, again, there's things that you gotta, you gotta look at. Um, like I, I don't have a single problem walking through that whole thing in the dark mm-hmm. with nobody around me, no flashlight at all. Which some might but, say is brave. Yeah, sounds like yeah. really brave of you. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I feel safe, you know, and it, it's an amazing experience. And I, I will tell everybody in the country, it is a beautiful building. Come and see it one time. You know, you may not believe on anything. If you just want to come to see a gorgeous building and have a great time, you can do that. And it's one of those experiences. Go see all the big ones, you know, go to the Queen Mary, you go to Allegheny, go to Mansfield prison, go to Eastern state, go to, Go to every place you can. Go to the Overlook, you know, in Estes Park, Colorado, where the, the movie The Shining was, yep. quote, based off of. You know, go see these things. And if you enjoy that, then enjoy it. You know, our belief is, or at least my belief is, I can say that, did you have a great time somehow? And you definitely is get a different experience at every place. Yeah. And if, you know, the creepiness of America is... When the YouTube when YouTube started and it's really brought back a whole new audience, younger kids are coming in to see things like this that are just quite amazing, right? So you've got abandoned buildings, um, you've got you know hot spots for quote UFOs or cryptozoology or you know are there are are there quote Sasquatch or other you know you know extinct extinct animals, humans, etc wandering around and how is that happening you know i I don't know i I do think there's a mystery that life's always going to have and we should continue with that mystery and that's part of our i guess human journey we're always trying to uncover what is the mystery and try to evolve you know not evolve as in you know paleolithically or evolving like we're but just learn even you know the world is full of questions yeah yes Yes, because, you know, we won't discover new things like, you know, drugs to treat, you know, diseases or we won't have technology that will better us. Like, you know, we can go to the moon if we didn't think it was a mystery and try to solve that mystery of how do we get from here to the moon? You'd never know. Yeah, we wouldn't have a lot of technology because, you know, a lot of people know that NASA has created a lot of our technology by the use of trying to be in space. So there's a lot of technology that we have today that is because of that exploration. Sure. So I think we should explore the mysteries. Well, I totally agree with you. And then you're, you're gaining the experiences from each place. You do. And folks like you that do these interviews and such, and you, you meet people, what you should do one day is take your, your podcast on your, on the road, even if it's close by and go to some unique place and take some equipment. Yeah, I know? definitely agree. And, and then and, and, 
taken overnight and sense some stuff and go, wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen. How, you know, that doesn't happen normally. So Of course, it's one thing to sit and talk about it like we are now, but it's totally different to be in a place like Waverly Hills or like you said, you know, any of those places that you mentioned where The Shining was quote unquote based, you know, anything. Yeah. Just to have the experience personally versus talking about it. You know, there's all stories all over the place you can hear about. But as you said, everyone has a unique experience. It's fun. It's enjoyable, and it gives you a sense that there's more to life than you necessarily think that's always in front of you. And you know, you, you that way, you when you when you go back home, you're like, oh, that was really cool. I I learned something. There is a mystery to life, and yet you're you're a part of life as a human being. We are a part of this thing called life. You know, all of us are. We are walking around in a body and we are conscious and we can make decisions and you know and the body's amazing when you think about it and when you're talking about researching paranormal sometimes you have to ask yourself if you're wise enough and you're doing an investigation did okay here's one did i drink enough am i dehydrated <laughs> did did i get enough in am i hallucinating or did i really see that yeah you wonder if there's a cause of whatever happened to you yeah, and you become a, a citizen scientist, as they would say. You're a citizen scientist figuring out, okay, was that wind? Was that an incline? Was that my mind's eyes freaking out because maybe I've got some problems with the you know, the cones in my eyes or whatever? But when you can replicate things, and it happens a lot, you know what I mean? It, unless it's a phenomenon that has to do with that location, <laughs> it's different, and you look at it differently. Sure. Now, Ken, are there any other specific questions that you think we didn't cover or anything <coughs> kind of specific to Waverly Hills that you'd like to to bring up? Excuse me. I think basically if people want to come, they just go to the website, you know, the, the realwavelyhills.com, go on to reservations because tickets go on sale in about eight or nine days for the last half of the whole year, which will sell out. Before we wrap it up, I'll get the contact information for you at, from you at the end. I just wonder, sure. do you have, over the years you being there at Waverly Hills, do you have like one or two paranormal stories that are your favorites that you heard from either a guest or even yourself? Um, yes. On the second floor, when they were taking people to the, because we, we give them a talk, tell them what not to do. Okay. You know, because <clears throat> some people, you know, they try to be funny and they'll, they'll make ghost noises or they'll make the noise that Jason makes or whatever, you know the movie Friday the 13th where that crazy kind of cha-cha-cha sound Trying to be on. creepy for no right. reason, yeah. Yeah, to be creepy. So you give them the talk, you tell them what to expect, you tell them to make sure to take care of themselves, that even though you don't think you're dehydrated, you can get very dehydrated even in the even the colder weather. So you go through that. So one of the guides was in front, and then they had the TA, which is a tour, a, a tour assistant. And there was a person who was a TA on the back end of it who... They were going through the double doors to get started with the whole tour, and everybody kind of went forward. And that person, you know, was kind of waiting because the person wasn't moving. And they talked to the person and said, hey, and the person didn't move. And when they turned around after they were trying to get them to go forward, they weren't there anymore. So, oh, wow. they, you know, and this, and this was a seasoned person. And, and, right. and, and, you know, and, and, and depending upon who you talk to, there's different variances, like who saw what. But it, this, those kind of stories are great. Um I, I love the stories about the kids. Okay, there was a, press, a professional wrestling group that came in. And, mm -hmm. the, and we have a, a local wrestling group that the owner of the professional wrestling organization 
It's called the OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling. His name is uh, Al Snow. And Al used to be in WWE, WWF years ago. And he wanted to get a tour with some of his students in training. And there happened to be a ghost hunter from Chicago who was trained to be a wrestler. And what I mean a ghost hunter is he had all this equipment. Mm -hmm. So they were coming up there. I took him up there. And they were hoping that there would be some activity. And I, I told Al, Al, I can't promise you that. You know that. That's this. You, you may not see anything. Nothing right, you happen. can't guarantee something's going to happen no, to a guest. Right. No. It may be the most boring thing for you guys under the sun. Well. <laughs> um, or it could not be. <laughs> or it could not be. And what happened was they had their equipment. They went into the morgue. And people bring balls up there because of the kids that used to play. They're like, you know, play with these bouncy balls. So they would roll it into a room and people would wait for activity to see if the ball would roll back out to you. Well, they were in the morgue and there was a ball in the corner and the ball was right there and they had their equipment going and they started freaking out. The ball was going in reverse. Okay. All on its own. There's no wind in there. Just going in reverse. And this is a rubber ball, guys. This is one of those balls you see at Walmart that's in those little giant things where you pull the balls through the little yep. spongy cords. Okay. And you hear them freaking out in there and they get, they get done. And he said, that that's the highest it's ever registered on my meter. I cannot believe it. So he's ghost hunted at some of the big places. And I was just like, I cannot believe that had just happened. And, and I mean that in, in, in a humorously glad, happy for them way that they got to experience something. And when they got done, all 14 of them did a video and a testimonial for them for their own their own show they were putting together in their local wrestling situation about what they experienced. So that that was another fascinating situation, you know, where they see shadow people on the fourth floor or the third floor, and then you come to the to the morgue and all of a sudden, you know, the ball spins in a direction that it should not spin. It, it <laughs> should not spin. It shouldn't spin, period. And you can't replicate it because they tried. They tried to make it spin exactly that same way. And, you know, when the human, you know, a human being would touch it, it would never spin like that, you know. So it was really neat. You know, it was awesome. It was cool. Yeah, I so, believe that was something else I kind of read about in terms of, you know, before we were talking to you, I was trying to look some things up. And I think there was a there was a name that I think came up was Timmy that I was seeing in a lot of stories and he kind of had to do with, you know, people would think that they could throw a ball and Timmy would throw it back to them. So maybe it was Timmy. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. The ball has to do with children. So they probably it go towards the ball. Would make sense. It definitely could have been the way we look at Timmy is Timmy's like an amalgamation of many children. Mm -hmm. So somebody named Timmy and somebody felt the presence of that, I guess. And that name stuck Sure. In the presence of the name Timmy. And, some of us just we believe that it's also the possibility that there's many different, ki you know, di different children that more than that, one that Timmy, right. more than one <laughs> yeah, the building, more than one quote Timmy. Sure. So uh, that's neat, and you know, when you when you when you experience these things, and you're a you're an optimistic skeptic, it mind blowing. It is mind blowing. It makes you think, and you go, and you're you, you, at least some of us have said in our heads. Logically, that should not be happening at this moment, and, but it is. You know, scientifically, I have no reason. Now, there's things we can tell you, but we don't tell people unless they ask us what it could be. And there's some things that, you know, you can explain. But 
that one percent. Yep, that's what keeps you guessing. And as opposed to it happening in front of you, like if you saw it on a video, you would say, "Oh, it's video magic," Mm -hmm. or somebody Mm -hmm. did something off screen or something like that. But when it happens right in front of you, it's totally different. Yeah, when it happens in front of you, there's no Photoshop or there's no yep, uh, exactly. There's, there's, there's no After Effects from Adobe doing it for you. You that's your eyes, that's your experience, and it, it's it's unique. It's 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 pretty amazing to to get to see that. I, I've seen some interesting things. Um, I'll tell you one experience I had. Like I said, guys, sure, could be a total. I, I was probably hallucinating. <laughs> um, I, I was. It was about. Oh, dusk it was still light and i'm walking down toward one end of the of the uh, third floor and i look to the right just casually look and it's, it was in the old bathroom stalls and i'm going down looking around there's nobody there and i come back come back this way and i look to my left and the bathroom stalls on the other side that's 200 plus pounds i thought somebody was pranking me and i thought maybe i was hallucinating but it it made me smile and i thought Huh? Maybe the ghosts are are, pr- are pranking me, you know, for fun, because it, it it was on one side of it. It was leaning back, and it, these are heavy. And I was lifting my. And what was that? That was leaning back again. It was a wall. It was oh, a, okay. It was a bathroom wall, like a bathroom stall door, but it was the yep, old. Yeah, like the time whole side heavy. of it that you're saying. It was the old time heavy ones, because back in the day they were real heavy. Sure. Mm-hmm. It was about two hundred plus pounds, and and I know because you know I know what I can move. I went over and tried to move it, and I thought, "Huh." Again, <laughs> trying did, to make reason of right. what, what just happened and why it's I there. I was, I was trying, to, and I, you know, and I really think I was probably hallucinating. Don't know. Uh, and then one other experience that I've had that other people have had is I was on the fourth floor, completely dark, and I was walking back, and it was completely dark, walking back toward uh, the main room where the cafeteria is, where everybody meets, and. I'm in the middle of it, and there's water, and you know, there was water at the time, and in the middle of it, not not much water, probably half an inch. As I'm walking through, so I go go through, go past this one corner, uh, past the exit sign, and somebody pushed me toward the right wall. And I stopped. And it was a, it was a good push. Right. And I thought, okay, everybody good here? I literally look around in complete darkness. Yeah, who pushed nope. me? Someone's here. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, just one, just second. And I went back and just didn't think anything about it. But it was a physical push. You felt it, now, yeah. You know, hey, was I hallucinating again? You know, could it could be. I think it could be any of those. I, I haven't had certain experiences other people have had. And I'm always interested in hearing their experiences. Because people have experiences. Maybe someone has passed on. And they felt the presence or they, quote, were given a message. You know, I I think that a lot of it's just awesome. I think it's great to be around sometimes with people who just feel like it makes them feel better. Sure. And that's part of the you fun know? hearing everyone else's story. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's good to be able to connect with people who, you know, experience something like that themselves or maybe they experienced it in another location. But we encourage people to go other places but uh you know we're we're open for tours most of the year now we take a couple months off we tried it one time all year last year all year round and we feel like it's best to give everyone a slight break but you know we're open about 10 months of the year now and uh 
we do uh, events during the Halloween season as well, generally special tours and other things like that. And it's really fun. And it's, it's, it's really neat. And if someone was interested in coming out and visiting Waverly Hills, what would be the best way to get in contact? Do you have a website? You're on Facebook? Yeah, the, it, we have a Facebook. You can go on Facebook as well. You just look us up and you'll see it. We have over 240,000 people who, who've liked us. Our website is therealwaverlyhills.com. If you go to therealwaverlyhills.com and you want to see about which tour or what event or, lo- or like reservation, go to the reservation tab at the top and click it and then look and, and you know hit hit each one of the other tabs to see what works for you, what you might be interested in. Two hour, an overnight. You know, most people most people go for the tours at first and then a lot of them come back for the overnight. But they get, I they get a little people, brave and then they decide to go to the overnight. Yeah. <laughs> they get a little brave. And it's it's a good time. And you know, on your journey with your audience and, and people, you should sometimes put a call out just to get people's experiences at whatever creepy thing they've encountered in their life. Cause people have awesome experiences and I love hearing. Oh yeah. There's a lot of stories people, out there. Oh, I know. And, and, and as a culture, we're, we're built on stories. That's how we, that's how we used to pass down traditions, you know, native Americans, every culture before, before internet and before our phones and audio devices, we were able to orally pass those traditions down through storytelling. Well, Ken, I like to, don't want to take up too much more of your time. I'd like to thank you for joining us this evening and talking about Waverly Hills. Definitely sounds like an interesting place for sure. Well, thank you, guys. And, you know, hopefully your audience will get to hear a lot more of your upcoming talks with other folks and learn a lot of interesting things about how amazing and creepy uh, America is. And hopefully it'll encourage them to go out and maybe experience it for themselves, right? <laughs> Check out a few of the places. Uh, you know, I hope it I hope it does for them, and, and I hope it's Waverly. I hope it's any one of the top 10, 20 of the places. There's a lot of them. There's some in your backyard. Tell them to check those out, too. Of course. Thanks again for joining Thanks, us Greg. tonight. Thank you guys for for uh, thinking thinking about us and giving us, uh, giving us your time. We sure. appreciate it. Thanks for giving us a shot, Ken. We appreciate it. Hope you have a great night. You're welcome. You guys take care. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the creepy side of America. And thank you, Emily, for joining us once again. Thanks for having me, Dan. And for everyone listening, if anyone has any ideas on an upcoming episode or maybe you have a story you would like to share, please email us at ghost at WNEP.com. Until next time, enjoy the creepy side of America. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the creepy side of America. If you have any ideas or topic suggestions for an upcoming episode, Send them to ghost at WNEP.com. We're dying to hear from you. <laughs>